Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I wanted to read something he gave me whenever I was sitting down there. What I've done is unto something. It's not just so you can feel good. It's unto something. I will have a spotless bride. I will have a people that are steadfast in their commitment. They are steadfast in living their lives deeply connected to my heart. This isn't for the seeker friendly. This will cost you everything. It will cost you all you thought you knew. It will be for the sold out ones that would give it all to bathe their Savior's feet with their costly perfume. The days of you needing things your way must be a distant memory. You must set aside the childish things to take your place by my side. I want to crown you. I want to crown you with authority. I'm preparing you for a new thing. In this new thing, you can't do the old thing. To step into this new thing I'm doing, you're going to have to be willing to do the new thing. What's your new thing? I would say for many, it's going to take you being responsible for yourself. Not leaning on others to be responsible for you. This includes me. This includes waiting on me when I'm waiting on you. I am building something. I see your hearts crying out for the more. Don't be concerned when I show you what gets in the way of the more. It's only because I have already wrapped you in redemption. I have already made a way. So come and lean on me, and I will infuse you with my power. If you lean on your own strength, you will be reduced to the works of your own hands. If you wait on me, you will rise in my victory and my power. I was asking him what to talk about tonight, and he wanted me to talk about building a citadel to contain breakthrough. And I am thinking about just all the um, all the breakthroughs we've had in the house recently, and I feel so. Uh, Uh, humbled, honored, um, grateful, you know, grateful that he comes when we call out to him. I'm so thankful that I know that this is a house that God is in and is in power, radically changing people's lives. 
and I just stand in awe. And I just am so grateful that I get to be part. I'm so grateful that he moves, that I get to be in the room. I'm so grateful. And, you know, I'm just thinking about all these breakthroughs that we've had lately this past, I don't even know if it's two weeks or something. There's two weeks again. Two weeks. But I think it actually has been two weeks. Where's my fellow extroverts? Has it been two weeks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, no, really, I think um, just seeing this breakthrough that he's given us, you know, I see just everybody having it. Everybody I look at is just having such crazy breakthrough. It's just insane. And so I was thinking about what would be our reasonable response to the breakthrough? What's, what's our reasonable response? And, you know, I think that uh, Christianity, religion, not Christianity, religion, religion taught us to always wait for the next thing that God was going to do. Like, so I'm going to have breakthrough here, and then I'm going to wait for him to have breakthrough again over here. And I feel this invitation that, um, you know, it's not going to necessarily come that way. You know, he, of course, please hear me. You know my heart. He is all about breakthrough. He keeps taking us to breakthrough. But I think that there's something a little bit deeper on his heart that he wants for us to be able to step in to greater glories and greater dimensions and not need to have to fall back and then break through again and then fall back and then break through it again and then fall back and then break through it again. He's wanting us to gain momentum by this one place that we were at. This breakthrough provided us for the next step. And I feel like that that's, I feel like whenever he does something so corporately, it's just such an amazing thing because you know that it's not just for the one person, although he would do it just for the one person. But whenever it's on a corporate scale, you have to look and say, okay, God, this is unto something. This isn't just so that we personally have a better life. Although he wants us to have a better life. You do know what I mean. For those watch on YouTube, I have to try and, you know, clear it up a little bit. But it's always for, he's wanting to give us something more. He's wanting to trust us with something more. There, there's, he's holding out his hand for the more. And I feel like we're in this season of learning how to house the more. And so the way that, the way that he set it up is that as humans, we have to learn how to control here so that whenever he fills up in here, then we display him well. And I was thinking about, um, you know, just our own minds, how, you know, have you ever been like on top of the world? Everything is perfect. Like nothing could get you down. And the next thing you know, you get a text or you get an email and then it's just like all hell broke loose. And then life is horrible. And, you know, what are you even doing? What is this life even? You know, and it's like, wait a second, like nothing actually changed other than a text message. That's it. And then I'm out of the game. And then I'm going to wait for another breakthrough <laughs> so that I can get back in the game again. And I think that just in the maturing process that he's asking us to come into really requires us to do something here 
that can house what he's wanting to do. And so, um, you know, I know, I know personally, whenever, um, last Wednesday, whenever, you know, that corrective word came for me, I know that there was a thing that got solidified in me that I would no longer care what it was going to look like for me and that I would yield to him no matter what. I would yield no matter what. And I can say that I was so grieved that I didn't yield to him. I was so grieved by me grieving him. You know, so then that propelled me to say, okay, I have to confront all those things in me that would make me not want to yield. Like I've got to confront that because that's, because this right here, this is the outflow of here. And so if I'm not doing anything different here, then the outflow is not going to be any different. And so, um, How many of you are tired of doing the same thing over and over? Everybody, can I get 100% participation on that? And would you say that most of the time, would you say that all the time that your inability to stay in your spot, would you say that that resides around the things that you're thinking? Or is it what somebody else does to you? It's all here, right? It's all right here. It's all right here in our noggin. And I know that the more that we press in to want to do things on our own, like I'm going to do this different this time, boy, this time I'm going to blah, 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 and I'm going to blah, 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 and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And then only to find yourself where? Dang, it's that same spot again. Having the same conversation with yourself. Disappointed, frustrated. You know, I think I think that is the part that the Holy Spirit really wants us to learn how to lean on him more. You know, I think any time that that we go into a mode of striving, any time we go into a place of making sure that we get this done, I think that's really the place that we step outside of him and that's what he was talking about then that's something that we have to manage on our own. So I think that he's really asking during this season for us to really increase our leaning capacity. And so if we're going to increase our leaning capacity, what does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to have to be in situations that we don't have any other way but him. We've, we have to put pressure on that leaning in process. So we have, to, we have to lean in where normally we may want to shy back and figure out a way to kind of work something out. It's really going to be in the leaning in 
that we really learn how to fully not rely on ourselves. And I was just thinking about our minds and and in that process of whenever we get put in situations where we're really needing the Holy Spirit to um to come through for us. You know, it's such a it's such a beautiful place because it's really um it's a really tender place with him. And that's also a place that the enemy really wants to exploit. It, he he wants to do anything he possibly can to get us to not focus or lean on the Holy Spirit because that's where our power lies. We don't have any power in ourselves. I don't know about you, but I could write a book on all the ways that I have tried to do things in my own strength, and it just doesn't work. And it's ended in some really poor decisions, but that's beside the point. But we have to really know how the enemy works on us. How does the enemy work on you? What is it that he says to you? See, what he says to me is going to be something different. And if we don't learn how to to really zone in and figure out which weapons he uses on us, then we will find ourselves in the same place needing another breakthrough. That's just the reality of it. We, we, can, we can say that we want to be mature and we want to go places and we want to do things. But if we don't learn how to manage what's going on right here, if we don't learn how to manage the fiery darts that come, then the enemy actually has a home in us. He actually has a home to be able to have his way, use us to get his way. That all comes from places of not surrendering ourselves to God and his ways. And, you know, it's a really, it's a really big deal that we manage here. It's a really big deal. And in, in this breakthrough process, if we don't manage right here, I promise it'll get snatched up like that. You know, whenever you, you know, whenever you're in your sweet spot and you feel like nothing can, nothing can affect you, right? It's like, man, like this is glorious. Like nothing's bothering you. Like, it's just like, man, I could write on this forever. Like I am woman, hear me roar, man. Everything is perfect until one thing comes in. It could be one thing. Did you get offended? Did you get a little bit of entitlement? Did you get a little bit of something? And then it's so weird because then it's just like that one thing that went un that went unnoticed, it went unkept. Next thing you know, you're in a ditch again. So, you know, if we don't have the Holy Spirit really, really, if we don't have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, then we will not win the battle in our mind. We have to have the we have to have the Holy Spirit. I know for me personally, um, you know, I, I can feel this grace that God really is giving us to uh, really step into something new, and in that He comes with His power to help us. It's not we're not left on our own. I I found myself I had this really funny thing happen, and 
You know, he's just been talking to me about all the tiny little things that can really get me off. It's just the it's the tiny little things. Okay, it's not the big things. It's the tiny little things. Because see, the enemy knows he can't get me with big things. He knows he can't get me with the big. But he can trip me up on the tiny ones. So I had I had taken my car in to get its annual. Okay. And one thing I love about my car is that they give you a loaner. And so it's fun because I have driven, I think, almost every car they make. And it's just great. And, you know, their service is impeccable. And it's amazing. And I love it. And so I was actually looking forward. I was like, oh, I get to get a loaner. I get to drive a fun car. And so I get in the car. And if anybody knows about me and my car, I don't like it dirty. Okay. I don't want trash in it. I don't want stuff in it. It's going to be clean because that's just how I roll. So I get in the car. <laughs> I get in the car and I sit down and I was like, there was like, <laughs> there was like, there was crumbs everywhere. There had been stuff spilled everywhere. The, I mean, it was gross. I was like, what is this? I cannot believe that they would, I cannot believe that they're not checking that. What the heck? And then I, it even rolled through my mind. You know, I know whenever I, whenever I leave, they're going to give me a little thing for a, uh, for a review, tell them how they did. So I'm sitting there and I look at that and the Holy Spirit said, as clear as day, why don't you clean it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go just get something, clean it. And he said, no, take it through the car wash. Clean it like it's your car. It was 34 degrees outside. It wasn't warm. It was 34 degrees. I looked. The wind was blowing. The wind was blowing. I had no gloves. It was frigid. And he said, that's the seed right there. That's it right there. It's that little thing that you thought you were entitled to something. You know, it's just like, man, God, I don't even have any rights. Like, I don't have rights. Like, what, what am I thinking? Like, I have no rights. Why am I thinking I have a right? Like, I don't have a right. So then he really talked to me about my heart in that, in that place. And I'm so glad he did. Because, see, that would have been one of those places for me personally that's an open door for the enemy. Because then I lose, I lose the awe and the wonder of the goodness of God. I start thinking I'm owed something. You know, and so then whenever you really see the condition of your own heart, it's like that's humbling. You know, I'm just like, man, that's what I want to do. I just want to fall because, like, I don't have any rights. Like, I mean, seriously. You know, but what's your thing? Did somebody say something mean and hurtful to you? And so then you wanted them to whatever it was. Like, what are your things that cause a wedge in that tender heart that you have? 
Because see, that's really what, whenever God breaks through, that's really what it is. He renews that tenderness in our heart. It it takes, it's like a meat tenderizer. He comes and dunk, 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 dunk. Has anybody ever seen a meat tenderizer? Yeah. You know, that's that's what the that's what breakthrough does for our hearts. And so then we have to really manage that tenderness. You can't you can't just have a tenderness and then just do any old thing and keep the tenderness. You got to you have to manage the tenderness. And you know, if you know, I have to I have to say with this, please know that my car experience um you know to to really see to allow god to show you your heart to allow god to give you a snapshot into where you are in places like for me that tells me that i am loved i like i have to have that i have to have that I have to have that searching gaze in my heart. I have to have it. If I don't have it, Lord Jesus, where will I be? I will be uh, in the ditch and I'm thinking I'm up on a mountain. I, ha- I, have no, I have nothing in my own capacity to manage myself without the Holy Spirit. But see, it comes with the responsibility. So, you know, the moment that, the moment that he reveals something to me about me, then I have to steward that place in my heart. Like, like it's not okay. It's not, o- see, this is where I think it kind of messes with us because I think sometimes we don't necessarily have true repentance when we do things. Like, so we may, we may do something, we'll be like, oh man, gosh, that's, that's not good. I don't like that. Please forgive me. See, that's, that, you remember when Teresa was talking about strongholds? See, that's not how you get rid of a stronghold. How you get hold of a stronghold is I have to grab that thing that I'm thinking. I have to grab it and I have to look at it. And I have to say, okay, God, what is the truth about this thing? And then I have to keep looking at it. I have to keep thinking about it. I have to keep analyzing it. Okay, God, I have to have your heart and mind over this thing so that then that can replace this stoniness that I've that I have in my heart about it. You know, it's not a casual thing. It's not doop. No, if you have strongholds in your heart, you the pulling down, that's not the flipping. Oh, forgive me. Does he forgive you? He does forgive you. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about if you if we want to have the ability to manage breakthrough and and really use breakthrough to keep going places and going places and going places, then it just is a different requirement that we have. And so God is really showing us all where we have different strongholds in our mind. Maybe it's, you know, I know that I've, I've talked to different people and, you know, pride is a big one. You know, not being able to receive what God says about you. Where you, where you actually exalt your belief system about, about you over what he says. You know, that's not something, 
that in itself, if you were to ever just say, man, God, I'm so sorry I was prideful. And then you move on. I have a really sneaky suspicion that thing is going to pop up again. Because it has to be dealt with at a deeper level. And so I would challenge you, you've got to deal with the things on a deep level. Because see, whenever, since, since we've all, since we all have a measure breakthrough, since he did this corporate thing, and Teresa talked about strongholds. So now that's kind of stirred up the pot. And so now we got to do something about it, right? We're not just going to say, okay, that was a good service and we're going to move on. Well, no, now it, it's time for the work to go on within us. So in your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, I think really be listening to the small, tiny things that throw you off. They're going to be tiny little things. Pay attention to them. Don't let anything get by you. Don't let anything get by you because those are the things that begin to do this. Okay? So do y'all know what your things are? Do you know? You got to really, 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 really maintain that, that sensitivity to him, to listen to him. And I think that the strongholds is a really, really big deal because I think the reason why we struggle in um, gaining ground sometimes is because of the strongholds that we think. It's not necessarily even the enemy's attacks. It's that we have personally partnered with him in our belief systems about us and about each other. And so then we get to do the work, actually. We can actually be the one that, you know, bathes things in unbelief. That makes me say gross. I don't want to do that. In 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, it says, But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, say open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. This Paul is teaching us that not every time the word Lord appears does it mean Jesus Christ. Here we see that the Lord refers to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is ruling, speaking, convincing us of truth, there is freedom. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Lord of the harvest. I'm not going to read the rest of that. But, you know, what's key there is, and this is, Brian says this, but where the Holy Spirit is ruling, speaking, convincing us of truth. You know, sometimes I think, you know, these things get thrown around where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, I think that it really kind of removes some responsibility that we all hold in our partnership with Him, in our freedom. So this new freedom that you have, there's a responsibility, right? There's a responsibility that we have that we're actually partnering with Him, that we don't work against Him, 
that we don't work against each other, and that we really allow the seed of his word, we allow the seed of what he's doing to take up a deep root in us. And we do that by our sensitivity with him and yielding to him and our obedience to him. Um, <clears throat> it says, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured. The Greek word, metamorpho, that's close, is the same word used for Jesus being transfigured on the mountain and for our transfiguration through the renewing of the thoughts of our minds. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. It's the renewing of our mind. Say renewing my mind. I can renew my mind because I am strong. Hear me roar. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you... This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His ways. See, if, if, we, don't, if we don't change our noggins then we will think that God needs to be doing something that actually isn't what he needs to be doing. It's just what we think he needs to be doing because we haven't changed what's going on up here. And so then I, I think that that's what's happened in large with the church. It's why she's pulled in so many directions is because um, we haven't necessarily always applied the word in a way that actually changes us. We can, we can quote it, we can put it on a postcard, and then whenever we're in the middle of a fight, we can say it, we can, <clears throat> we can tell you what it is, but then in our hearts, we don't, really, we don't really believe it. And see, the enemy knows if we know. He knows if you know. He knows if you know the truth. He knows because you live it. We live what's true. We don't live our theology. We live our truth. We live what we say is true. So we can want to have really good theology. And that's why the world doesn't want anything to do with the church right now. But that's changing. That is changing because she is making herself ready. <clears throat> The way we think is key to how we live. It's not going to be in our theology. We can, know all, we can know all the right things to say, but it's only out of our deep places in our heart do we really believe. Put your, put your hand on your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to come into agreement with your word. At every turn, I lay down my way. For your way, Yahweh. 
Amen. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation, say manipulation, to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. What kind of power? To effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide or strongholds. Teresa talked about strongholds. The Aramaic word for strongholds can also be considered rebellious castles. Paul seems to be referring to a demonic stronghold or centers of opposition to the light of the gospel. So picture this. Picture you're hearing truth delivered to you. And it comes in. Dunk, drops in your little spirit. And then your mind says, well, yeah, but that didn't happen for you. And do you remember, do you remember when you didn't have enough money to pay rent that time? And do you remember that time whenever you wanted this thing, but you didn't get it? It begins to build. So then whenever the word comes in, it has no home for it to fall in. It then creates this wall that then anytime truth comes up, it just falls. And then before you know it, we start spouting off words. We start lobbing grenades over our castle wall about the truth of what we believe. Yeah, God really doesn't come through all the time. Sometimes he does. He comes through for them, but he doesn't come through for me. Yeah, I, I work too much. I don't want to work because see, if he was a good provider, I wouldn't have to work. There's all these things that begin to take place in our noggin. And then before you know it, truth that comes has nowhere to land because we've got our castle walls all the way up. But we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude. Say arrogant attitude. That is raised up against up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow to obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, what kind of weaponry? We stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. There's that O word. It's that O word. The O word. That's the big word right there. Obedience. Obedience is really tied to trust. If we don't trust, we won't be obedient. It's a big deal. Trust is really, really big. I know uh, I heard uh, BJ say that if you take take your biggest your biggest viewpoint on trust to God, like how big it is to you, like as big as you can imagine that it is to you, he said, now multiply that by about 10,000, and that's just touching on how important trust is to God. 
because everything comes out of that. So see, if I don't have trust, if trust is a stronghold in my mind, if I don't believe that I can fully trust, then I won't know how to give. I won't know how to uh, be in relationships with people. I won't, I will never walk in miracles. See, it affects so much. It affects, it affects so much. And so if we don't, if we don't go after why we don't trust, see, that's one of those other things that we think that that's something that we need to have coddled. And that's actually something that we've got to pull down. That's one of those things that we don't need to say, God, can you come over here and talk to me about not trusting? No, that's the thing that we get on our face and then we cry out and we say, oh, God, I have exalted myself and my beliefs above you. And please forgive me until that thing begins to break off your life. See, I think we, we apply the wrong tools for things sometimes. <clears throat> We want God to come over and do it our way, but God is holy and God has a standard and God has a way. And so then we have to do it his way. It's his way. It's not our way. And arrogance thinks it needs to be our way. Oh, I'm running out of time. Okay. Um, I already talked about that. I already talked about just our tenderness to the Holy Spirit. And when he reveals things, we've got to respond. We can't, we can't push it away. Please hear me. If you don't hear anything else, please do not push something that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. It doesn't matter how tiny it is. It can be a little thimble. Pay attention to it. Because those are the things that those things lead to big breakthroughs. You said it too. You said it on um, Monday. You did. You said it. You said, pay attention to the small things. It's true. It's those tiny things. So never, ever, ever underestimate when the Holy Spirit brushes by you and says something. Pay attention. That keeps your heart tender. Holy Spirit is really kind about knowing us and knowing what we are capable of. He will only ask us for something that he knows we have the, the capacity to do it. He won't ask anything of us if we're not ready. He wants to protect our relationship with him. So see, he knows, he knows what it does to our heart when we don't respond to him. He knows what it does. And it hurts him. He doesn't, he doesn't like that it begins to make us hardened. And so... He's not going to tell you to do something out there that he knows that you don't have the, um, the, I was going to say fortitude, but that's not right. The, um, maybe sometimes it's a commitment even, maybe it's sometimes even the want to, you know, sometimes we just got to pray for, to God to even help us want to do something. You know, if we don't even have the gumption, if we don't even want to, then he's going to hold some things back because he's good. It's only because he's good. Because then he doesn't want us to be responsible for something that we weren't old enough for. It's just the same thing as Rolly. We're not going to go out and say, Rolly, do you want these car keys? Well, no, Rolly can't take the car keys. 
It's the same way with us. He's really, really good. And he's not going to ask us for something that we can't do. And so you can remember that if he, if he does this to you, that's only because he has the faith in you that you have the capacity to do it. Just the, just the, just the, just the, uh, the, just the thing that he asked for it says that you can do it. You have the capacity. <clears throat> in Nahum 1, it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. Do you want to be one that takes your refuge in him? Whenever you have days of trouble, where do your beliefs fall? What happens when an unexpected bill comes in the mail? You say, okay, hold on. I've got to go out and get a second job. I've got to, I've got to quit coming to church so I can go get a job. You have a relationship issue. What do you do? Where do you run to? Where is your refuge? Where is your refuge? Where is it? Is it in yourself? Do you retreat? Do you retreat to a bowl of ice cream? A bag of chips? A bag of cookies? Cinnamon rolls? Just kidding. Where, where, where do you retreat to? Where's your hiding place? He knows. He knows if it's in him. He doesn't make you come and lie down. He offers a place for you to come lie down. I want to try and cover this before we close up because I think this is actually probably the biggest thing that um, if we don't have short up, then it's going to really mess us up. But um, <clears throat> in and Luke, Luke six forty three, it's just you'll, it says you'll never find choice fruit hanging on a bad tree. Unhealthy tree and rotten fruit doesn't hang on a good, healthy tree. Every tree will be revealed by the quality of fruit that it produces. Figs or grapes will never be picked off thorn trees. People are known in the same way. Out of the virtues stored in their hearts, say in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and master, if what I teach you is not put into practice? 
Let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. Say deep and secure. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest. For it has been wisely built on the right foundation. But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation whatsoever. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? See, if we, if we don't learn how for the word to become our fixed point, the way, not, not does it feel a way to us, not, oh, well, this scripture sounds good. No, it is the only way. It is the complete truth, 100%. It doesn't, if it, if it messes with your feelings, too bad. The feelings have to get in line with the truth. But see, if we're, if we are not rooted and grounded in truth, and if we don't actually do what it's saying to do, we will have the rotten fruit, not the virtuous fruit. See, the enemy loves to make you feel condemnation when you read the word. Because he'll keep you from reading it. I talk to a lot of people that they struggle to read it because they get in condemnation. That's a stronghold that needs to be pulled down. Because the word is supposed to be the very thing that causes us to know how to shape our lives. It is the thing. It, there's not another thing. There's not, an, there's not a teaching. By golly, I love me some Tisa. I love her, but she is not my Bible. I have to have my Bible. My Bible has to be the thing that my life gets modeled after. And if you aren't reading the word, if you're not applying the word, if you're not obeying the word, you will not sustain your breakthrough. You will be tossed all around. And then you'll have another life thing come along that knocks you off your feet because you don't have a sure footing have to obey it. Obey the word. Make, make everything about you line up with what, what the word says. I love that it talks about whenever our foundations are shaken. I feel like that just as a nation, it's like God did a really huge test on the church the past two years. It's like the church was thinking they were one way, and then there was this <laughs> shaking. Everybody's like, <laughs> and then, and then, and then it's just like all this ugly came up. Well, yes, like your faith is in the stock market. 
your faith was in your job. Your faith was in church. It's just like we just had this huge thing, just like a, man, thank you, God. But we just had this thing where fear came in at this crazy level. And then it's like we got a crash course on how well do we respond to fear. That was God's mercy saying, listen, okay, where I'm taking my church, like she's got to know where her weak spots are. And I see some weak spots. And so then those testings get to reveal, okay, I got some work to do here. I Maybe I'm not completely rooted and grounded in what you say is true. Maybe I've got some strongholds that need to come down. I've got some belief systems I need to have rearranged. That's always what tests are going to do for us. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, tests are not bad. We need them. Bring them on. Okay, in James, when it says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply, say deeply, into the perfecting, say perfecting, law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. How much do they get the blessing on? All of it. How do they get it? Come on. There you go. He passed the test. So it's not enough for us to quote the word. It's not enough to quote the word. Man, it's just like the enemy has so distorted stuff. He is so distorted at thinking that, well, if you just put some scriptures on a postcard and memorize it, then you're going to have some authority over it. All the while, you're scared and you don't want to go out of your house and everything else. It's just insanity. But anyway, that's a different story. We'll go there. Okay, it's time. It's time to go. I want to just say this. You can read James 4. It's really good. But it talks about, um, you know, really we have our own ways that we try to hang on to so tightly. And if we try and hold on to our own ways, then we won't step into the fullness that he has for us. I love that word that he started out with that we have to be willing to let go of our way, the way that seems so right to us. And to the level 
that it feels so right to us. <laughs> that that's the level of that thing. Like it becomes a stronghold in us. Dear Jesus, I can just be so man. I can hold on to something. I can hold on to it so hard. And I'm just like, man, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like, I, it's going to be, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, mm, just going to, because uh. the same way that I choose to hold, I can do this. It's, it's the same, it's the same willpower. It's just willpower. It's okay. I, I just as easily as I'm doing this, I can do this. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, if you're really uh, wanting to ride on the wind of this momentum, you know, just really watch your heart, watch your affections, watch, watch what people's words do to you. Watch the way that you're encountering encountering each other. Are you going into situations? Seeking to have your own good, or are you going in to make it better for others? Now, these are just really practical ways to keep building on what God's doing in you. And, you know, the more that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about different places in your heart, and all I can say is just yield it. Just yield it and be willing, you know, be willing to go to any place that He wants to take you in your mind. You know, if you've got stuff you haven't ever dealt with, like there's going to be a time that you're going to have to deal with it. But the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit is the very best comforter. Jesus paid a really high price for us to have the comforter. See, we don't want to just protect ourselves and then say that we're comfort. We're not comfort. We can't protect ourselves. That's his role in our lives is the protector. So we don't want to just have up all of these safeguards to protect ourselves. Because the thing about that is that he can't get in the way that he wants to get in. Whenever we've got all of our walls up and all of our protectors. So I would just say, guard your mind. Be careful what you're thinking. Apply the word. Be humble. And he will do something powerful through you, and you will look back, and this breakthrough will be a distant memory, and you'll be looking at this whole new landscape that you're standing in. Something beautiful that you've never seen before. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay 